I'm Toby M. Schreier, an artist and printmaker. I'm Corinne Cunningham, a writer. As siblings growing up together in Seacoast, New England, and now from opposite sides of the Atlantic, we've listened to and supported each other through the ups and downs of our artistic endeavors. We thought you might like to listen in to our conversations about creativity and process. And so we've created this podcast, Ink from the Embers, our musings on the roots and growth of creativity. We hope you enjoy listening in. So, this episode we're talking about deadlines. And yeah, that is a huge, a huge topic, or it's a very specific topic, but it's a very loaded topic, I should say. Uh, just in that deadlines tend to be a stress-inducing word for many people. But both of us seem to work well with deadlines. So how would you describe your relationship with deadlines? I think that deadlines for me are completely a necessary part of my process at this point in life. Um, At different points in life, they were helpful, but induced procrastination. And at this point, like I'm thinking college years, where okay, I feel like yep. I did my best work right before a deadline. Yep. Whereas now, the deadline means my planning kicks in and I work up to the deadline, yep. but not in a forced production manner, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. How? I mean, and one thing to touch on is my deadlines and my creative work are mostly self-imposed, where yes. I'm... I was thinking of in thinking about this episode, I was thinking about how different it it is for me and you because you have, of course, your own self-imposed deadlines, but also client work and client deadlines. Yeah. And I'm starting to touch on that a little bit in my weekly work, but not nearly as much as yeah as you. And that's a whole different level of deadlines. It is, and that's you know I think that gets into. Previously, you've talked about work with accountability partners and checking in at the end of the week of, did you meet this goal? Going back to our last episode with goals. I I think those have a big part of it. It's setting up accountability for yourself, having one level of external accountability with an accountability partner. And then that even more extreme of my client needs this. If I don't do this, I don't get paid. Right. Right. You asked me what my relationship with deadlines was. What is yours? First initial, First what are the initial, initial thoughts that come up when you hear the word deadlines? Um, my first initial thoughts are I have a lot of squishy deadlines mm-hmm. because, you know, I am getting more and more into the retail mindset where it's like, okay, have t-shirts ready for summer, have products ready for Christmas, Okay, that's that's a squishy beginning. Where, where exactly is like Christmas? Does that start in October? Well, according to some <laughs> stores, yes. Um, looking at my sales, it's really more middle of November trickles and then December. So those are very squishy. But for me, with clients, it's actually me setting my own deadlines for the client in most cases. And I'm glad that I have had a few more years of experience with me working, me understanding my own 
working schedule and what time I need to get things done in. Mm-hmm. So when someone comes in and says, hey, I need this project, that will take me this time. Is this a good date for you? It's very rare that people come in and say, hey, I need a print with this technique by this date. I mean, that happened once last year and that was an adventure, but it was doable and that provided a good time framework. But normally it's me setting up that framework and explaining that to the client mm-hmm. to say, Normally this takes this much time, this part takes this much time, and this part takes this much time, and me kind of doubling that time to account for disasters without telling the client that I'm doubling that time. You just gave away your secret, Toby. I I did. I did. That's all right. Um, But I do it anyway. Mm -hmm. But that's been interesting in knowing, okay, what is a realistic time frame? Can I do this in a week, in two weeks. Is this a month? But also knowing that with some clients where it's like, oh, just get it to me whenever. It's like, no, we need to put up a deadline for both of us Mm -hmm. so that you know what to expect from me and I know what to expect from you. Right. And that's also kind of that mutual setting of deadlines of, hey, if I'm saying I can do this project in this time, here's a set delivery date. I can kind of also expect that from them with payment. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the, okay, I'll send you a rechnung, I'll send you a bill and hope you pay it eventually. It's if we've been steady with setting up reasonable deadlines and sticking to those deadlines, that brings out that professional, the, that level of professionalism and that level of accountability is ex- expected from both parties. Right. In that case, it's almost more of a mutual respect thing where, okay, I can deliver this for you in this time frame. They, they can deliver their part for me. Mm-hmm. So that goes both ways. But uh, knowing what I can deliver has been a huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to what we were talking about last week, or not necessarily last week, but last episode on setting reasonable goals and knowing your your process and your time limits and all of those yeah. things through experience. Yeah. So it's really the, the deadlines are kind of that logical extension of goal setting. It's, did I meet this goal setting this time frame for a goal? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's this cultural fear of deadlines. I mean, we're talking about deadlines, like they're totally reasonable. They help motivate us and they, we move through the, through them very well and they're useful tools but i know a lot of people have that fear like oh my god there's a deadline how do i deal with this where is that where do you think that that rub comes from um i think it comes from probably deadlines coming from places that do not recognize humanity Mm -hmm. i think that comes from grind culture. I think it comes from um, hustle culture. I think it comes from capitalism. I think it comes from all of that that's deeply ingrained um, in people from the very beginning. And I think maybe one reason that it doesn't hold as much fear for you and I, and this is a kind of an out there idea well not really i think it might be because 
we were not in the public school system from the very mm. beginning. Yeah. I think our deadlines for school stuff from the very early age was um, was not set arbitrarily. There were reasons yeah. behind things. They made sense. Um, yep. Looking back, you know, I can see that um, that there was a lot of thought put into it and a lot of thought about what we could achieve and what was going on, not necessarily just in school, but in our surrounding life was, you know, our work, our schoolwork fluctuated with, um, with our dad's schedule. We were just talking about this because our father just retired and we had a little ceremony for him and we're talking about how, um, our lives revolved around his work schedule because he worked, um, shift work. A lot of times he would work nights for periods of the year and we had to change and, um, adjust to that schedule in the way that we lived our lives. And so from a very early age, I think we just had this more flexible mindset around things. And, um, I know when I was in the professional world, I would get so frustrated by these like stupid arbitrary deadlines and be like, but that doesn't even make sense. And you're not taking my input. What the hell is your problem? Um, so long answer. I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, I think the way that just a society and culture kind of strips away our humanity and looks at people as, and values people by their productivity Mm -hmm. and not their actual gifts. Um, I think that might have something to do with it. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a thought on that? No, I mean, you you really covered a lot of good ground there. Uh, but I think a lot of it also comes back to, again, whether it's with industrialization, uh, capitalist culture, but that the deadline as a commitment mm-hmm. or that deadline as a promise, whether that comes from internal or from external, that whether it comes as a personal promise or whether it comes from the outside as an expectation, um, we are social creatures and any deadline is really a two-way contract. Even if it's a personal set deadline, it's you as your, I don't want to say taskmaster, but you as your scheduler and you as your creative is like you're making an agreement with yourself. Mm-hmm. And to fail to meet an agreement or to fail upon a promise or to fail to meet an expectation that's socially ingrained in us as painful. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Just where we are, we, we are social creatures and social promises are an integral part of human society and our relations. So it's figuring out how to, you know, if we're setting our own deadlines, how to honor that but also realizing where there are arbitrary deadlines. If it's a deadline for the anonymous machine, well, right. don't feel as bad about that unless there are you know, repercussions you know, for, you know, file your taxes on time. It's an arbitrary timeline, but it's kind of important right, because right. there are repercussions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But you, you had mentioned um, in, 
in college time, and I know I I remember late nights and banging out a paper in, you know, a, a six-hour time frame. Yeah. And some of those were my best papers. Some of them were the worst, but such is college. How was that a steady evolution for you away from that into from that cram planning to a more timely planning? Or was that really the the difference between being in college, being in employment and scheduling only for yourself and your family? Yeah, I think when, and I'm not sure when it happened, but when I realized that if I put something off, it still takes up space in my brain. Mm -hmm. You know, like that idea of do the hard thing first. Yeah. There's a reason for that. So there was this, I remember again, being in the work field and work life, job life, whatever, because there is this, there was this frustration at arbitrary deadlines, right? But there's also this huge people pleasing part of me mixed with knowing that or worrying that if I didn't do something right away, I would forget to do it. And so, you know, in my early twenties, I think there was this like hurry to get things done before the deadline because otherwise I would be stressed about it. Um, Mm -hmm. Kind of evolving into more of a gentle, like, you know, what works best for you. Like this morning, actually this week has been a big reminder of that where, um, knowing the most important thing for my work week was writing so many words. If I tried to do anything before that, everything else felt really stressful and really not good because I had in my head, you still need to get this done. And so the days when I did those words first, the rest of the day felt so much better and smoother because I had so much more headspace. And so I think that evolution definitely happens, happened at least for me with age and maturity. And again, that experience of looking back and being really critical about like, well, what felt good and what didn't feel good. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to live my life completely stressed out. So even in my work that is not huge like it's not high stakes work it's still work to me and so it still carries that much um meaning and importance and um and yeah so i think i don't know if i answered your question i think i I think you did i think yeah it's been an evolution i mean yeah i have not and i'm thinking back on like all of my nano ramo years those all of those days and that actually was probably a big a big tool for learning because i think in the beginning i thought well if you don't get your words in you can do it by the end of the night you can cram them in you know how much time it takes but again i realized i was thinking about it all day i was unhappy all day i was stressed in a way that was not sustainable um and was not healthy for me and i felt like i wasn't able to show up as a mom, the way that I wanted to with that level of stress. So, I mean, I'm super privileged and have the opportunity to really sit down and look at what works and what doesn't work and make changes because my life is very flexible. Um, So I think that that 
certainly helps, but I would highly recommend to anyone, no matter what situation they're in, to take stock every once in a while of like, what is making me feel stressed out? And if it's how you approach deadlines, I mean, that's a huge thing. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's that idea of, I mean, yes, you can put things on the back burner, but the stove only has so many back burners and it's still on the stove. It's still taking up mental space. Absolutely. And I just read something a couple of weeks ago. It was probably some Instagram meme where it was, and I cannot remember the terms used, but it was very much like procrastination is just a promise to take up more space in your head for longer or something like that. Like it was Mm -hmm. a very like, you have a choice. You can either do something now or if you procrastinate, oh, I'll have to find it because it was so smart. And I keep looking at things like I'll walk by something in the house. And if I decide not to put something away, like I have that thought, like, oh, no, procrastination is making work for yourself later, more work for yourself later or something like that. And I was like, I'm just if I don't pick this up now, I'm making more work for myself later. And so I think that's something to really apply to um, when you think about deadlines, too. Yeah, I know. There was in, I don't know, just life hacks, business strategies or whatever comes up. There was that idea of if something comes up and it takes less than five minutes to do, just do it immediately and get it done, get it out of the way. Yeah. Which is a really helpful insight, but I won't call it a rule because I know, again, in my time in the bus industry, so much stuff kept coming up that it was almost just a culture of putting out fires. Mm-hmm. The, oh, this came up, deal with that now. This came up, deal with that now. Yeah. Well, what about all those long-term goals? Well, there wasn't time or space for them because of all that stuff that kept coming up from the forefront. Right. So it's right. finding those those balances is a huge part of it. Absolutely. I mean, just watching Lucas work, you know, the days that, that happens like every five minutes he's getting a different question or, you know, seeing the stress and how that manifests, you know, that's a good visual reminder of like, oh, this is not good for him. It's not good for anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, how about, I mean, did you have a quick turnabout after college, after the, you know, after it's... that kind of cramming mindset? So I went really went through that cramming mindset and then went into a job where I didn't really have deadlines. It was the show up, drive the bus, go home, repeat. Mm-hmm. And then eventually I got into more, more managerial roles where there were some deadlines, but it was very much where those deadlines were... I don't want to say fluid, but everything was kind of flowing together as the, oh... We hired somebody. We need to go through their training process. When will that be done by? Okay, that normally takes three weeks. I'll say they'll be done in four, just in case someone gets sick or something. And then it almost got into setting deadlines for other people very quickly. So I had very spongy deadlines for myself, but then I had to learn how to set achievable deadlines for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I learned a lot about my own deadlines in that context. So I had a, had a different relationship with that where I had my own deadlines, but at the same point, I was creating deadlines. 
Right. And so you were learning about them from a from both from, sides. From so both to speak. sides, yeah. That had and been really helpful. Especially where it's like, okay, if I have a spongy deadline given to me, there's really no pressure. Okay, if I deliver a spongy a spongy deadline to someone else, there's no pressure and not much happens. Right. Okay, but if you set a hard deadline, you don't want to make it too hard because stuff happens. Right. So it's figuring out that relationship with a deadline of how do you give it enough strength that it provides an impetus to get something done, but not make it unmoving or inflexible so that when someone gets sick, something horrible happens that life happens. It can be moved without an issue when it's needed. Mm Mm-hmm. To have that in a professional setting was very valuable for myself. But watching it how I use deadlines with various other projects, with the last episode where we were talking about goals, with the unmeasurable goals, it's very hard to put a deadline for, okay, complete this research for this type of etching ground. I want to have that done by the end of March. It's... Well, it's research. It's open-ended. Those are hard to put deadlines on. But I also know that for me, if I don't have a deadline, things disappear in the pile as other things come up. Yeah. I don't have many deadlines unless there is client work and without that seasonal work of knowing, oh, I need to get things prepped for fairs. I need to get things prepped for holiday seasons. And... Me setting deadlines for myself doesn't tend to work really well. I don't stick to those very well. Really? Really. I mean, it's like if I say I want to get this done for next week, well, okay, next week plus or minus a week. So it could be done in an hour. It could be done in two weeks. Mm. But that hard deadline, unless it's for something external, it really stays. I keep using the word spongy, but that's... Yeah. That's how that's how it feels. I'll, I'll go with that as a descriptive term. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, it has a lot to do with how we're motivated, you know, as yeah. people. Um, there's all sorts of psychology behind it. And, I mean, you could go down loads of rabbit holes with that kind of stuff. I know some people do. I just don't really have the headspace for it. Yeah. Or um, e- even without getting into the psychology of it, a lot of it has to do with our medium. I mean, for you in a way, it's you have a measurable progress. Yeah, that's true. How many words? Okay, about how many words are in a chapter within this, I think genre is too hard, too strong of a box, but it's like, okay, with this type of story that you're writing, generally what's a chapter? Generally what's a book? okay, within this framework, how many words per day, per month, per to reach that goal? I mean, for me, it's especially with printmaking where, okay, I can set up this image. Like, Okay, sketching might go well or go badly. Okay, so that can be short, can go long. Okay, it's planned for two layers. Oh, this needs a third layer or, oh, that layer just... The plate dissolved wrong in the acid. I have to start over. 
mm-hmm. where that is a, an integral part of the process. I mean, not screwing up, but the possibility of screwing up, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't want to say it's less, it's a less linear project, but there aren't as many measurable, predictable guideposts to follow. Right. Right. Yeah. It makes me think of like, so writing a first draft, like starting from scratch, it does feel very measurable. The editing stage yeah, does not feel nearly as, as measurable. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, the reason why I have these deadlines is because at this point, nobody else is. And, um, you know, if I were working with an agent or working with, um, with a publisher, you know, having to meet different deadlines, it might feel differently. Yeah. Um, but for right now, the deadlines work really well and, um, and, and I'm motivated by them. Yeah. Um, that certainly could change. Um, but yeah, it is interesting, the different mediums and, and how deadlines can play out and, and really for different people, because for some Mm. people it takes, three years to write a first draft of a novel. You know, I think it's, you know, you have to take medium into consideration, but you have to take personality into consideration and everyone's process. I mean, you could spend a year researching a book and that if, you know, you could just go on and on and on. And yet sometimes these projects do take that kind of work. So it really is a personal thing. I think more than, more than medium. I think there's just so many different things to take into consideration because you talk about, you know, your squishy deadlines for a different project, but if you had a hard deadline for something and you had to start from scratch, you'd probably still meet your hard deadline. It would just be a matter of figuring out how to do that. Um, And so I guess my question for you is, I was thinking about it with goals too, and I don't think we ever got to it. Like what, how how is your self-talk around when you don't meet a goal or a deadline? Oh. Like, does the squishy deadline happen because you're really hard on yourself if you don't meet a hard deadline? Hmm. That is a really, really good question. Um, I'm going back into hard deadlines and just reviewing. Because, like, last year I did have... Like one really big, not really big, but one contract with a really hard delivery deadline. Mm-hmm. And that was that was stressful because everything kind of went sideways halfway through. And a lot of other projects fell to the wayside in that time so that I could get it done. But I did get it done. Like you said, it's I, I had three weeks to do something and it got done inside of those three weeks. And then I was toast for a bit afterwards, but that's okay. But to the not setting hard deadlines because of self-talk or how I treat myself with not meeting hard deadlines, is a really soft, again, another squishy answer, But because I'm not finding good examples off the tip of my brain right now. But that it feels like there's definitely something to that, hmm. where... I don't like that feeling of not meeting a commitment. Right. So that I don't set that. It's like when I 
had my first studio practice and gave that up. It's like I hadn't, or my goal was to be an artist. I talk about trying to measure an unmeasurable goal there. What does that even mean? And then not being able to spend the time there because of various life things, like working 120%, mm-hmm. not meeting that goal definitely didn't feel good. That really did a number on my self-confidence and self-image for years. Yeah. So I imagine there is that some hesitance to set up a hard deadline when it's not, quote-unquote, necessary. Right. Maybe for fear of not being able to meet that and knowing what that might do for my own self-talk or my own self-image. But... Also knowing that on the flip side of that, I can say, oh, hey, I want to get this personal project done within this frame of time. It doesn't happen. Like, oh, okay, whatever, something else. So there's kind of a not, not a huge importance with that. Right. So with those self-made deadlines for smaller projects, I know that I don't really pay attention to them. So I've stopped setting them beyond, oh, I need to remember this. Don't let this fall to the bottom of the pile. Right. <laughs> don't let right. sediment don't let a sedimentation cover it up. So hmm. that was rambly and very unclear. So I no, think I mean, from yeah, from feeling, yes, it feels like that there is some truth to it, but in small examples, it I don't affect myself too much with that. Or I don't yeah. tend to have too much negative self-talk with what I know are arbitrary deadlines to motivate myself. And I think that's kind of the key is I set that as an arbitrary one. So I know it's arbitrary. So it's not heartbreaking yeah. if I don't meet it. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as weighted. Yeah. yeah. As unlike, you know, with your you know, so many words per day, just where that's a very present and very uh, concrete example. If you don't meet that, that is more work for later. That is delaying your ultimate goal. So that is very concrete and very feelable, even though it's self-set. Right. Yeah, it is. And, but at the same time, you know, I do my best to meet those, those daily goals. There's a certain time that comes into play when I, when the work, when the daily word count goal gets bigger, I tend to mm-hmm. focus on weekly goals instead yep. of daily goals, because that way I know if I am having an off day, you know, I can, there's some flexibility with that. And so I think, again, it comes down to just being really cognizant of what else is going on mm-hmm. in my daily life. And that's the only way to make those, those goals, um, feel those goals and those deadlines feel okay is knowing that there is some wiggle room. There is some flexibility. I'd really like to get something done by a certain point. I know myself and I know nine times out of 10, it'll happen by that point. But that one other time is just like, you know what life happens. And I think that the last two years kind of proved that we need more of that. We need more of that these are things that we humans are creating kind of out of thin air. Like if it doesn't happen, the world does not stop. Like I, you know what I mean? Like, I think that 
we just kind of as a society and as a whole need to have this like this is all stuff that we're making up (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know but getting back to accountability partners as a tool i know i had mentioned that or i mentioned you mentioning that in an earlier podcast does that feel different for you setting up um those week you know maybe weekly accountability goals with an with a partner how is that different than simply than just self-set deadlines on your own yeah i think that it's just an extra motivating factor you know, it's a, it's a, it's an extra bummer when you have to tell somebody I didn't make my goal. Um, you know, you can reckon with that yourself a little bit better, but there's this like, man, I have to, I have to go through the effort to tell this person. And then knowing myself, I feel the need to explain why. And then as I'm explaining why I'm realizing it's just a bunch of excuses. (laughs) So it does, it is an extra motivating factor. That being said, I still feel very strongly that, you know, the goals that I set are manageable. They are helpful. And I, I could probably count on one hand, the number of times that I haven't met a goal for, or met a deadline for those accountability things, not necessarily for that reason, but just because that's how I work with them. Like I, I'm kind of at a loss for how to explain what's going on in my head right now. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this because I don't have an accountability partner right now for the work that I'm doing Mm -hmm. and it feels okay. It doesn't feel like I need another motivating factor. And something that I, I was realizing was it's good to have that, like the accountability partners to me, it's a, it feels like you're kind of going at it with somebody else And it's like, sometimes you need that extra kind of team morale kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know sometimes it's helpful and sometimes, sometimes it's like, yeah, it sucks to have to tell somebody that you didn't make it, but I'm not going to be met with guilt from these people. Yep. So it's more of a social aspect to the week instead of like pressure from the week do you know what i mean yeah because nobody's going to be like oh corinne you really should have got your work done anytime it's more of this understanding like oh yeah that week you know this week really was hard like no wonder you didn't do it it's not that like i don't do you know what i'm trying to say yeah it's there's no there's no aspect there's no punitive aspect to the accountability yeah. partner, but there's still that social contract in a way of yes. the classic cliche of I'm not angry, I'm disappointed, but they're not even disappointed. <laughs> exactly. It's being disappointed in yourself and exactly. sharing that self-disappointment yeah, is, and- is a different level. It is. And I think that that was something that I just didn't want right now for yeah. myself. Like, Maybe it's because of the, you know, going on two years of this stupid pandemic. Like, I just don't want to add anything that is going to make me feel bad about the way that I'm doing things. And so that's not on anybody else. That's because nobody is going to make me feel bad about that. It's just I didn't really want to add that on to this 
project. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing to think about because I have been thinking about that. Like, should I reach out to, you know, yeah. somebody to do this with? I don't, at this point, I don't think I need that. But at the same point, I might in another month, you know? Yeah. Um, that gets into my next question. I don't want to pull you out of the drafting mindset. No, that's okay. Would you imagine that when you get into the editing phase where it's harder to set those, it's harder to set goals or it's a little more Editing is a harder to nail down and schedule process, as you yeah. described it. Would that, do you feel like that would be a more useful place for the accountability partner? Actually, I found it to be less useful. Really? Because it's harder to, I think with the accountability partner, it's most straightforward when you have a measurable goal to say you met mm-hmm. or didn't meet. And with the editing, it is very loose. Like you might be able to get through one chapter a week or a day, depending on how long the chapter was, yeah. how much editing that needs, because some chapters, you know, might just have a, have a placeholder, like write scene about this. And then you have yeah. to, you know, go in. It's so varied that for me and my brain and my workflow, it actually hasn't made sense to okay. have that account, account of that level of accountability, because at that point in the work, I generally feel like I just want to get this thing done. Yeah. How do I go about and do that? It's it's hard enough internally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to have to explain what even a little bit, um, aside from like, I'm going to spend two hours a day on this, yeah. you know, that could work. But I haven't felt the need for that in okay. the past. Yeah. yeah. I feel really wordy today. That's good. <laughs> it's a podcast. There are supposed to be words. Spoken sure. words, even. Imagine that. I know. Imagine that. Um, yeah. I mean, and there have been times, you know, when you need the, a kick in the butt. I mean, you and I have done that for each other, too, yeah. where it's like, I need to get out of this slump. Can we check in in a week and see and yeah. make sure that X, Y, or Z has gotten done? Um, do you yeah. find that helpful at all? Yeah. Yeah, I do. And it's, again, at different times. Yeah. Where it's like, right now, there are enough things that are flowing. And it doesn't need that encouragement or that, I don't want to say that push or that pull, Mm -hmm. really that encouragement and that accountability because stuff is just happening. Yeah. Encouragement is a good word. That's a word that I think I was searching for in all of that. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, because that's a big part of it. Because, I mean, it's like looking at my week right now, it's, you know, I have a woodcut of a stag beetle going. I've got research into sandpaper aquatins with a different etching ground. I've got, you know, podcast stuff I've been editing in the background and recording. There are a bunch of different projects going. And the motivation is there for all of them. It's just, okay, stag beetle. All right, this is good sketch Good, good. Okay, my brain's starting to freeze up here. Yeah. I have until March. Okay, so I'm not near a time stress with this. I'm still excited about this. I still want to get back to it, but I can set this aside for a few days and it's still staring at me and I'm itching to get back to it. But, ooh, this thing is next to it. Okay, try to get that working. And okay, that, 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 that's not working. I don't have time to do this next stage of experimenting before my 
scheduled time with Corinne. Okay, set that project aside. Podcast. So it's having a few different uh, burning candles, so to speak. It's burning tor- torches or spoons in the soup or fingers plates in the pie. Plates in the air. Plate, plates in the air. That, that was the one I was looking for. <laughs> a juggling reference of all things. Uh, side joke, I juggled a lot in college, but yeah. On a unicycle. On a... Actually, no, that's a lie. I never actually juggled on the unicycle. I could I ride a unicycle that. and I could juggle, but I could not do them both at the same time. I never I learned to idle. You did on that. The... Oh, wow. Yeah. Nope, that is, those were, I always wanted to be able to put those together, but that was one part of unicycle riding that just, I could get from point A to point B, but I could not stay in one place and juggle while doing, or, uh, yeah. Oh, wow. There See, I had this unrealistic idea of what you were capable of toby (laughs) yeah that's the stories we tell ourselves yeah yeah Hmm. yeah Um, but having having a lot of plates in the air yeah and having a lot of it's not again there isn't yeah there's stuff on the back burner but of the three or four plates i have in the air i'm still excited about all of them and all of them are in process it's just a matter of okay this needs a short break yeah I need to put this plate down, not not back in the bag, not on the back burner, but. Yeah, that brings up something that, um, you know, I use deadlines to motivate myself because I know that I have a very small amount of time to get the work done between, mm-hmm. you know, homeschooling and various other, other obligations. Um, and so there is not really an opportunity for me to get into this like flow, like continuous flow of work to go from one thing to the next for a, for a whole day, you have that opportunity. Do you you think that I'm just thinking about that now? Like, do you think maybe use deadlines in a different way because you have like, because flow kind of flow achieves more right now for you than deadlines might yeah it's yeah i have that built-in framework of i go to the studio i'm there for six to eight hours a day yeah work is going to happen right right it's a matter of what is going to happen in that which plates do i choose to have in the air right now where i have room for a few different plates at the moment mm-hmm. and i think that is a, again a very different framework than yeah. like yourself who is juggling a lot of different obligations and it's a that's more of a matter of getting into the work state of getting yourself to work in a way right so it's right. less about or it's more that setting that deadline for i don't know why i have the 200 words stuck in my head but that's well that's what i told you yeah. earlier today that yeah. was my okay. minimal minimal word yeah. count goal so, for the week so having that 200 words it's less about those 200 words themselves and more about setting down to write, period. Yeah. Where for me is like, I am arting. <laughs> for, yeah. Where it's just the, okay, I go to the studio, this is what I'm doing, which projects are happening right now. Yeah. So it's... For me, that's the squishier deadlines make a lot more sense because it's, well, is this going to be one of the plates in the air in this period of time or not? Right, right. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes yeah. a lot of sense. And that's a, 
again, going back to, you know, that's another layer of consideration when it comes to making these deadlines is where you're at, what you're working on, what kind of life situation you have going on. Um, yeah, that all of those different things, again, make it more personal. And that kind of goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning with like, if you make these goals from a personal place, um, with that personal commitment and realistic expectations, those work so much better than, than, um, the ones made by the man kind of, you know, it was actually getting back to an email. This is going back to deadlines and client deadlines or client based deadlines where I have trouble finding pants that fit because I am a scrawny stick and long story short there, I found a tailor. There is a tailor uh, here in Zurich where I go to and yeah. have him make pants for me. And Not just we, adjust, like actually make the pants for you. Yeah. I mean, this is... Wow. I mean, these are tailored to me. Wow. So they're not cheap pants, but they are pants that fit and they're made by a local businessman. Support, support your by local people. Mm-hmm. I mean... If you're in the U.S., I'm not saying buy from from Switzerland unless you're buying from me or from this guy Mike Kobel, <laughs> Mike Kobel, Marcant, uh, really nice tailor. But we went in. I think it was in November, and I ordered two pairs of pants and a vest. Nice. It's like okay, cool. Hey, this should be ready mid December, two weeks before Christmas or so. So like, okay, cool. I mean, I'm not in a rush for pants. I mean, I'm in the studio. It's not like I'm going out and partying. It's, yay, Corona. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't hear anything. It's like, okay, whatever, no big deal. And then I think it was Christmas Eve. Uh. Friday night, I get an email from this guy. Mm. And he's just saying, like, hey, I said I'd get the pants to you last week. I got sick, my assistant got Mm. injured, and our intern also had a family emergency. Mm. And all that on top of, we booked too much work. So even if all of that hadn't have happened, we had too much work. Right. And he was just so apologetic. Hey, Mm. I get it. I mean, I'm, I'm not in a huge rush here. That's such a hard balance with client work and with... Mm -hmm. A chaotic world. The world is always chaotic. This isn't just corona, pandemic, yeah, anything. But it's just we had ordered um, some insect cabinets. So cabinets to hold insect chests for Adrienne. But the carpenter uh, went face first over the handlebars of his bike <gasps> and oh. broke his wrist. Oh my goodness. So there was a delay on that. Okay, no big deal for us. I mean, more of a big deal for the poor guy with a broken wrist and a few missing teeth. Yeah. But it's knowing those deadlines. It's like, Mm. okay, being kind to other people when they can't meet a deadline. Yeah. But also being kind to yourself and setting those deadlines. Right. 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 Yeah. Or also for me... With clients, like I said, it's very important to set deadlines and to communicate those deadlines, to be transparent about what is expected. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people is like, oh, we don't have set deadlines, we'll play it loose. And that's just setting up, it's not even that there's no time limit, it's more just setting up 
a lack of communication. Yeah. I think that's yeah. something that is often missed about deadlines is that they are a communication tool. Right. It's because you can set a deadline. Great. That is a goal for both people in one way, shape, or form. And if something is happening on the way to that deadline, that means it may or may not happen. Well, that's that's your flag. That's in business speak. I think someone called it a tickler. <laughs> that's just funny. There's your tickler or your reminder to do something to reach oh out and goodness. tell the other person. Right. Of the, hey, something has happened. We need to adjust our expectations. Right. So communication and transparency. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like we concentrate so much on that deadline and meeting it or not that I think a lot of those other right. tools that are built into that concept do get forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, I think last time we were talking about that roadmap, um, we were using this image of a roadmap in our conversation and thinking of laying that on top of, you know, these layers of, you know, goals and deadlines and communication and transparency, like layering all these things on top of each other. There are these like pit stops of like, yeah. okay, maybe now's a good time to check in. So to have this, like, instead of just this picture of the end point mm-hmm. of, of a deadline, like, I think so often we forget that there's places along that, like yeah. there's, there's stops on the road to a deadline that we yes. really need to attend to, whether it's checking in with our goals, checking in with our people, like checking in with whoever that relationship is with those, yeah. um, that whatever that commitment, whoever you're making that commitment with, uh, like you said, is really, really key. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, we're getting to almost an hour. So to sum things up, really, deadlines can be helpful. Yes. Deadlines can be unhelpful. Yes. And use deadlines in a way, if you can, that helps you. <laughs> Yeah, and if deadlines are stressing you, look at how you use them. Exactly. Where is that that stress coming from? Where is that stress coming from? How can you set them up to be a useful tool? Right, exactly. If you cannot get away from them, are there ways to look at at them differently? And maybe using that, that roadmap kind of image to see maybe where the breakdown is happening. Yeah. Um, So... Thank you. It's funny that you ended that with the, we're almost up to an hour. Here's our deadline. Come on, let's wrap this up. (laughs) I think it's appropriate. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for listening in to our thoughts and conversations. Now, we'd love to hear from you. We're putting together a listener's questions episode, and we'd love for you to share your questions about creativity and our individual practices. We'd also love to hear about your stories both the victories and the struggles with your own creative process. Send it over to our email address, info at inkfromtheembers.com, or DM us on Instagram, inkfromtheembers, with all the spaces being underscores. We look forward to bringing your voices into the podcast. Feel free to subscribe with your preferred podcast platform. You can connect with us using Instagram and Twitter, and find out more information on us at our website. All links are shared in the show notes. All content, including music, audio, and rambling, is created by us, Corinne and Toby, at Inc. from the Embers.